We got Hot Hands and Jerry Campfor today on the show. (laughs) So most of you are going to know him from uh, seeing him around fellowship. If you were at the 15th anniversary celebration, uh, he was my MC and uh, was on the mic with excellence as he always is. And so, uh, man, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, It's the FYA interview series. We're just trying to give uh, leaders in the community a chance to be able to show who they are. And uh, I I find you fascinating because uh, anybody who tends to see you uh, from a distance, whether it's at an event or emceeing or, um, you know, Millie rocking in church on Sunday, um, it it tends to give one picture of who you are. And there's another segment of people that are going to see you in ministry settings or see you in um, financial peace university classes and stuff like that. And that's going to make you seem and appear as one uh, very different character. And uh, the, the reality is you're both. And I think it's fascinating. And so I wanted to have you on today. And so, man, I appreciate you joining us. I appreciate that, man. I do appreciate that. Also, just letting the homie know he did not get paid for that plug of Dave Ramsey Financial Peace. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you, if you ain't in there, you need to get in there like swimwear, you know what I'm saying? Take a chair, take a seat. <laughs> all right, so we'll get into all that in just a few minutes. Um, for those who don't know, like I'm paying homage to uh, Jerry and to my hometown uh, of Atlanta, Georgia. We're both from Atlanta. Yeah. You know, we are both. We are both uh, home to the metro Atlanta area. I'm from the um, east side so, of things. Martin Black in it things. Home six in it thing. You hear what I'm talking about? Hey, what's up, Wesley Chapel? What's up, Quick Trip? What's up, Snap Finger? You Quick Trip. Hey, listen, I miss Quick Trip bad. I miss Quick Trip bad. That's one thing that I do miss very badly about Atlanta. Um, I, let's start there. You grew up in Zone 6, East Atlanta, which has uh, become famous in, in more recent years because of the musicians and the, the artists, the hip-hop artists who have come out of Zone 6. Tell, uh, tell those who are listening now, what, what was it like growing up? What was your childhood like? Um, and then how did, you, how did you kind of find who you are growing up in East Atlanta? Yeah. Bro, I was born in Mississippi. When I was in Atlanta in '89, uh, so I've known I've known Atlanta to be home literally for most of I me mean, for most of my life. Um, and I left when I was 18. So the city surrounding, um, I mean, the, what the environment looked like during that time, it was crazy, bro. It was the best of times and the best of times, not the worst of times, but no, it was the best of times all the time. The Braves was popping, you hear me. The Falcons, you know what I'm saying. Uh, the Dirty Birds was in, man. <laughs> Jamal Anderson, all them cats. And so uh, it was it a good was, time. It was Chris it. Chandler. It was Chris, Chris Chandler. Chandler. Chris Chandler. Chris Chandler. You know what? It's my bad. My bad. <laughs> I know. I know what I don't know, and I know what I know. <laughs> so it was great, man. Uh, just uh, crisscross, you know what I'm saying, ABC, um, Outcast, Goody uh, it's a lot of good things. The um, Olympics in 1996 hit Atlanta. And so it was just a hot time. And even just with, we spoke last time about Freaknik, which we ain't going to go deep in depth with. But uh, <laughs> that was just the environment. And if you don't know about Freaknik, um, what that is to Atlanta, it's like when people are wondering how did Atlanta get to be uh, the Atlanta that we know now, um, it's a huge black community. Um, so I actually, in, in my upbringing, kind of don't know what it feels like to be about a minority although like i get it you know what i'm saying other minorities yeah. they grow up where there's predominantly you know what i'm saying white people um hispanics and blah 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 and all that and asians but for me um 
black people from kindergarten to high school. <laughs> so when I grew up, I was done with black people. I'm like, look, I've had an HBCU experience my entire scholastic career. I want to see what else is out there. And so, um, no, okay. Just- pause there for a second. Pause there for a second. So did you, were you able to recognize that while you were growing up or was that something that you saw in retrospect once you got into more diverse environments? Oh, no, 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 I knew that. So in the way <laughs> I was able to, <laughs> the way I was able to get into diverse environments, uh, was because I played golf. Golf was my first sport. And so that's so crazy to me. Yeah, bro. Um, here's the thing about the camp for kids, bro. Whatever we put our hands to, it's dynamic. It, we got the Midas touch for real. I got the magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold. Shout out to homeboy B.O.B.Z. You That's know, another so East, Atlanta, East Atlanta guy. Atlanta, man. Columbia High School. What up with it, man? Anyway, I'm on the MLK side of things. You remember? Southwest Cab, Echo, oh, Drumline. You know what that's about. But um, so, yeah, um. Baseball was my second sport. Uh, so anyway, between baseball and golf, that's where I did the most um, traveling. Um, again, I was I was very good. I was very uh, I would say talented. I wasn't naturally talented. Everything I I was as an athlete I had to work for. And so even with golf, um, man. So my oldest brother he went to Alabama State on a golf scholarship, and so that kind of lets you know wow. the level of um, play we were at. And so I was also destined to kind of follow in his footsteps. Um, but tragic situation happened in my in our lives, and that was um, my mom and dad. Well, after they got divorced um, in '89, is when we moved back to Atlanta. My mom probably started dating uh, again back in like '94. Uh, but when I was 10 years old, so that's '96, uh, my dad murdered my mom's boyfriend, and so uh, that changed drastically. And um, wow. as I spit it to to the homie last time, it was like my daddy, my pop. When I was 10, he had a run in with the law. Can't believe what I seen. Had you seen what I saw? Eyes full of envy, gun took back in his drawers. And then I seen that anger in his face so raw. And then I seen regret as he jet and pulled off. Between that, you wouldn't believe that. Them shots he pulled off dropped everybody jobs. I would speak more on the matter, but as a matter of fact, I'ma pause. Hot hands, that's what a capital Z. That's for my daddy Zukov. This track ain't to expose his flaws. If anything, it's shining light on the cause. He turned himself in knowing he would lose it all. Whoever said you couldn't learn from a criminal was wrong. My pop said what I did was wrong. And so the other environment uh, that kind of that that shaped that was watching people, not just people that look like you. But like people you know in your family, like doing the wrong thing, um, yet telling you to do the right thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. always having those uh, leaders right in front of you and those role models in front of you. So the role models I kind of had to look to were on the screen. Denzel Washington, Fierce Byrne, you know what I'm saying? Don Cheadle, uh, just a whole bunch of homies. Uh, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, like all them cats. Uh, yeah, I'm missing a lot of people. Who was God? Who was Morgan Freeman, man. Morgan Freeman, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman, bro. <laughs> Who is God? Yeah, yeah. who's God? <laughs> if y'all really figuring out trying to win the Bible Sunday, who is God? Morgan Freeman. <laughs> so, Lord is also Jesus, just to let you know. Bible and listen, there's something in there that you said that I, I never knew about you. And, you know, we always joke around about the name Hot Hands and that you, you hawk that thing everywhere you go oh, yeah. uh, and introduce yourself as Hot Hands. I, I did not know that Z is you paying homage to your dad. Yeah. And we, when did you develop that nickname and what, where did that come about? And, and why has that been so important to you in your life? Yeah. So um, without giving the deeper story, but just uh, the, the 
trailer cut version of it is from baseball playing third base is the hot corner play the hot corner mm -hmm. got half high hands but it really started in like second third grade now when i say actually i said i'm not going to do the deep story but anyway so it, it really just came from because i was about to go in but it was and jerry like playing at this elite level and now all of a sudden my family is starting to pay attention to me because i was the youngest of five um so a lot of the family turmoil I was left out of because I was the youngest one. And so, sure, people were trying to protect me from a lot of that stuff um, and trying to put that stress on me because my siblings, they saw the worst of it, man. They saw my mom get beat, her head split open in the back, blood down the walls. And like it was all of that, man. And so I didn't see none of that. Um, all I saw was my dad being destructive. And so here it is. It's so it's not even just like an ode to my dad as much it is to my mom as well, because my mom had to go through that. <laughs> like she's alive yeah. now. She's the one that soldiered through and um and, and raised us all and did it in a fantastic fashion. So the high hands thing, it just came from man feeling like I was uh, not feeling like I had low self-esteem. I had low self-esteem. Um I was bi-curious at an early age because I was exposed to porn at age of four and started living that stuff out at five and telling that to my siblings. And all of a sudden they calling me all type of names. And I don't know if I can say on your show. But anyway, but um, so when it get when 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 I, I see my friends that are either bi-curious or waving a uh, umbrella, umbrella, what do you call it? Rainbow flags. I'm like, bro, I, I hear you, bro. Like, I don't know if you know what you got going on, but I, I hear what you're saying. And so I've been in yeah. that category and being molested myself. And at the same time, like telling my siblings all of this and nobody believing me. So when it came to wow. just who and Jerry is on a personal level as the younger brother sibling, no, bro, I got treated like crap, bro. And that from my perspective, my siblings, they'll tell you something different. But it's like yeah. everybody kind of, it was a different story when I started playing sports though. When I started excelling in golf, started winning tournaments. Like even the day when my dad murdered my mom's boyfriend, we had a golf tournament the next day. And I placed third in it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because it's like under wow, pressure wow. in all circumstances, you must perform. And so that just really started showing me like the, the world cares nothing about your personal situation. So when you go back earlier to the first question you asked, which is like people see this type of injury in church service and around town being silly, they have no idea who I am. They don't have to. Like, <laughs> and if people even want to connect with me on the one-on-one, one-on-one basis, like, I don't show all my cards then because I'm like, one, I don't think you care. Two, I don't think you're ready for it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And three, yeah. what does it benefit you? And so it's really only people, man, that I rock with and kick it with for uh, a lot of time and hours do I do I tend to share that because it's yeah. like, would anybody care? And I'm not trying to be the, uh, the hood dude just putting out all my dirt in my stories. One, I don't mind, but it's just like, I don't see what benefit that would be. Um, yeah. But yeah, my life is it's, it's like a movie, bro. It's a movie that nobody has yet filmed. Um, but I say all that to say going back to the whole thing with the hot hands. But when I started excelling and playing baseball and I travel with a lot of people that's in the league. Well, I'm old now. <laughs> so some of my friends that I knew and played against, they actually, yeah, Hay Hayward twins. They in the league. The up oh, yeah. They in the league. Um, uh, Brandon Phillips. He was in the, he's, I don't know. He might be on the way out. But anyway, Jeff Francoeur, he on the way out too. Yeah. But anyway, so he's I, there's a lot of people out. I played with at East Cobb, you know what I'm saying? And just indicator, um, who were great athletes. And so hot hands, it was like, there was the, and sports was the thing that kept me from the Lord uh, because I played five different sports, golf, baseball, basketball, football, um, all those things competitively. I was in a bowling league and then I played ping pong and used to hustle people in pool. So anyway, <laughs> I always had something to do. So, if, so, so that's, I, that's my life.
Okay, I want to touch on something you said. I, I was watching an interview that um, David Letterman did with Jay-Z on, on his Netflix special, uh, My Next Guest Needs No Introduction. And so yeah. one of the things that Jay-Z mentioned was uh, he mentioned going through extensive counseling in his adult years. Uh, once he started to kind of realize uh, the trauma and the, mm. and the PTSD he was walking through from just from growing up, in the hood, in poverty, with extreme circumstances around him constantly. And that he, he started saying like, you know, I have language to put to this now, but I didn't mm-hmm. know that's what that was at the time. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if that's your experience now, like in your adult years, jumping into more diverse environments, being discipled, being in, in environments where you're, you're hearing the gospel and, and seeing other lives. Is that now, is that now you being able to go back and go, oh, wow, like this nope. is... I knew, I knew it then. Wow. And the reason why I still act childish now is because adults, the people, when you're supposed to act sophisticated and dignified, them adults didn't care about what I was going through. Mm. Like they didn't want to hear me. They thought I was lying. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So I, wow. so yeah, it's hard for me to quote unquote act grown. Cause like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is that right? So that's right. That's, that's just what I'm saying. So um, I knew it then. Um, and I knew what my community was looking like. I knew I, I saw the decay of my community and the things that did that. It was it, my community, my people, my color. You know what I'm saying? My dad. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It was yeah. my siblings. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? My sisters. It was me taking advantage of females. So I knew it then, man. But I also knew folks didn't care. Like I learned early in the game. Uh, and, and I was thinking, I was, I was, I was smart, man. I think now one thing I think I was blessed with and gifted with was just intellect. Um, I was not, actually my mom, she helped shape a lot of that. I, I, I was kind of naive to a lot of things, but she said, no, this is reality. That's it. Yeah. And sports. Sports was the other thing that helped shape my mindset. Like, yeah, yeah. just because things are bad don't mean you give up. Like, <laughs> imagine if you living in the hood, bro. We losing every day. We losing most of the year. But you still yeah. got to take your L like a champ, man, and not no chump. Because a lot of people who do, are who are who succumb to the pressure and the weight of the environment I grew up in, yeah, you see them acting crazy on social media today. And they and they live off the excuses of the situations they was in. I'm like, nah, yeah. bro. That's and so again, I didn't see the black man I wanted to be like. I didn't see them model that. I didn't see yeah. Mandela model that, bro. I didn't I didn't I didn't see James Earl Jones on that. Jesse Owens went on that. You know what I'm saying? Like Jackie yeah. Robinson went on that. Like so shout yeah, out to everybody, huge. bro. If you still call to do your social justice thing, rah, rah, do that. But you still got to achieve, man. <laughs> you, you can't. Yeah. So that's, that's how I feel. Because you can't argue about every call, being a LeBron James. He found me. He found me, bro. You still got to make your shot, though. You still got to make the foul shot yeah. if they give you yeah. your foul shot. Like, the game still goes on. And so I think there's an offense and a defense, man. So shout out to people I used to look up to, like Frederick Douglass, man, um, and Booker T. Washington. Like, them cats I really studied, man, and, and put in my life now. Because now we're digging into more of my influences and not just the life that was going yeah. on. So when people ask, like, what's going on with Jerry? I'm like, bro, there's so many levels to it. So yeah. I have another little side note, though, just real quick, that even as a Christian hip-hop artist, so it's like, yeah, so somebody is kind of down with, with the uh, African-American history and at the same time Black history. It's like, well, shouldn't you look a certain way? Shouldn't you talk a certain way? And I'm just saying, man, like, there's so many nuances, there's so many spaces in between this and that, that you don't always have to lean to one side. So uh, I'm still yeah. hood, bro. I, st- I still want to come off across as that. And I'm still intelligent. Yeah. 
I'm still, again, well-spoken, articulate. Um, and I don't have to prove to nobody that they should respect me because I am that. I'm like, if you don't respect Man, me, you don't yes. respect me. And yeah. so... I love that. And that that's one of the things, again, like when we when we really got to know each other better, uh, I, I loved that there's no box you fit in. Like you can't you can't take in Jerry and put him in a box. And uh, and I think that um, it's been building relationships with folks like you that has really helped shape that for me personally, because um, I've I've had people throughout my life that I've known mm-hmm. who um, who sometimes do unfortunately just fit square in what you expect of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, And what I feel like I've learned uh, as I've gotten older is that uh, that wasn't people fitting the box. That was me having a wrong perception of those people. Right. And so um, it is, it's led to a lot of repentance, honestly, on my part and and having to go back and go, man, I, I I need, Lord, I I need your. So imagine, imagine when that's your whole upbringing, your whole lifestyle. Like, that's what it was for me, bro. Yeah. So when people don't know what happens inside of in Jerry internally, like, so when you do see me in worship, like, at church, bro, I'm so geeked off what God got me on. I ain't care about none of these folk out here, man. Why? Because yeah. they weren't there, bro, when cats yeah. is writing me off. Like, bro, I just won first place at a tournament, at a golf tournament of 70 other kids in Hilton Head, South Carolina, where ain't no black people out there. I won another one in Dayton, Ohio. I get back to my hood. Don't nobody care about it. I just won a That's tournament. Right. But if That's my right. homeboy played basketball and he won a little church league and he can dunk, now we just be like, oh, he the one and he got on Jays? Man, if you don't go somewhere with that, man, I worked three times hard as this dude, man. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah. saying? But it's well, like- and I think... It, this is the this is that picture of the body of like the the way that God has constructed us as individuals is that all of us have these different nuances to us, and, and it's not always that we're able to get tuned into those ourselves so that we're comfortable, it, like exploring all those different things. Like good on your mom for letting you guys jump out into the golf world and not putting the box in you like that's not what we do in Jerry. Like we don't play golf. You know what I mean? I, I like my my dad. Like I remember we were. Um, Real young, talking about wanting to play piano. My mom uh, is a, an incredible oh, piano player, and she was teaching lessons to to us. And my dad would give us the instant pass of like, you know, you know boys, you hey, listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> practice your free throws. Like, don't worry about the. <laughs> well, I was cool with that decision until I saw John Legend. Then I was like, well, wait, I, I could have done that. Like, I could have learned how to do that on piano. <laughs> so. What what happened, I think, for me in these last these last several years, and honestly, it's been in large part since moving to Memphis, is that what, what God has shown me is that all of these passions, these desires, these interests, the things that really do light a fire inside of me are there to be explored and to be brought out and to be a part of me, whether that fits what other people expect of me or not. Uh, and so when I do meet somebody that is also tuned into that and you and I had that kind of instant connection in that way, there, yeah. there's an understand, there's a kindredness that comes with meeting people who are in that same spot. And so yeah. I, I love that. So, okay. I people and that's where I have to get my, I have to, I have to go to God for that too. Cause I, I have to struggle with people's pace in maturity in maturing yeah. and that they don't mature at the same pace or they don't grow in their faith at the same pace as I do. So yeah. that's what's been tough for me over the past couple years. Go. Question. Yeah. So all of that is going on throughout your childhood and you decide when you're, when it's time to, to decide what you're doing after high school, tell me about that choice because you talked about not wanting to go HBCU route. 
uh, yes. to talk about that next yes. season of life that you were in after that. And that is the thing I really wanted to talk about last time, bro. It's <laughs> like, bro, when I got a chance to know Jesus, I was like, yo, all of this makes sense. And then at the same time, yo, who in the lie to me, yo? Because <laughs> I'm just like, why didn't anybody tell me this was in the Bible? Why am I getting stuck Man. listening to all what the pastor got to say? Like, I wanted to jump in all of it. And so, man, yeah. it took so it took from sixth grade. I started um, reading Left Behind uh, yep. series. Yeah, I read the first adult book. Then my um, sixth grade teacher, who was kind of like discipling me in such a, in a way, um, he's like, you know, they got kids version. You can read it. Best. So I read all them junks all the way up to ninth grade. Seeking Jesus. Awesome. And mind you, I'm still smashing females. I'm still smoking. Um, I'm like still cursing folk out, letting them know what time it is. And yeah. but I'm still like wanting and desiring to be close to Jesus. I'm like, just how does this happen? I know he's real, but I don't know how this salvation thing works. Right. And so um, ninth grade, I finished reading all the Left Behind books. And so I'm like, well, I guess I might as well start reading the Bible. Yeah. Um, so it was in ninth grade. I still wasn't a believer. I didn't become a believer to my 11th grade year. But uh, my mom started dating this uh, new guy. And um, in my machine, date nobody since I was 10 because it would happen. And yeah. um, this dude is like, hey, you want to... Um, do some Christian rap. I heard you as a Christian rapper and, uh, you know, say so you can open up for us. I'm like, right, cause you know, we sing and do our thing on the tour. I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> and so, and he was like, cause you read the Bible and everything. Right. I was like, yeah, I could do it. And I just try to treat it. I so I, I did Christian rap before I was even a Christian and I just treated it like it was a book report. Everybody got to do a report on Shakespeare and all that other stuff. So you just make your junk rhyme or anyway. And so that's kind of how I saw the Bible. And it wasn't until my 11th grade year um, when the reason my content changed in my music is because what happened in my life changed. Yeah. And that's how I met Jesus. Now, awesome. the real Jesus, you hear me, the, the take you from darkness to light Jesus, the yeah. once you were away, you were an enemy of Christ. Now you are mine. I was like, probably been waiting to hear that forever. Yeah. And it's Jesus that corrects lies and he, and he uses his word as a second timothy three sixteen. our scriptures god breathed useful teaching rebuking training correcting and he corrected some stuff in me that says like everyone is a sinner and i'm like what you better tell them that because they acting like they ain't got no sin and so just when i saw some of that it helped me become more of who i am like wow. who god has naturally made me to be the yeah. things i'm naturally inquisitive about which was in sixth grade i was going to be an astronaut but my homie started getting locked up and shot in middle school and I was like bro there's no way to start helping my my friends because <laughs> they still gonna get locked up whether I'm in the space center or not and so I started wow, really having wow. a passion for like people I played sports with and mind you I told you this is this is Bodacris, Gresham Park, this is Glenwood, Flat Show, yeah. this is the hood, this is Decatur so like you can achieve high oh I'm gonna be the first black person to do this Hey man, that's done. That's dead. Right? It's like it's gonna be year two thousand, bro. And so I really had to change kind of what I wanted to do. To you know, we ain't really trailblazing no more. Like, bro, we got to make good on the life that's right here in front of us. Now back to my faith. And so when I came to know Jesus, I learned that man, it's God that that directs our path. So you ain't got to worry about being the first this, the first that, because wow. when you're where God has you. You just gonna wind up and oh, I guess I'm the first this. I don't care because I was just wanting to be faithful to what God had me. Ooh, ooh, and so, say that again. Yeah, jo Joseph didn't know he was gonna be, you know, what I'm saying, and 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 with Pharaoh kicking it side by side with him in Egypt, it was yes. not physically possible because in their time they didn't even travel that far. But he got sold into slavery. He was like, "Hey, man, but God is with me." Dang, I'm all bad. I'm in jail, but God is with me. 
You know what I'm saying? He's repenting in his heart for everything he's ever done because he wants to make sure he's good with God. So I wasn't really ever worried about if I'm ever going to climb and ascend to all these high and lofty things. Like, nah, bro, I'm just trying to be with Jesus, bro. Hey, y'all talking about it. Yes. So, and y'all, y'all, you said something there. That is, that is it. And I, and I do think that that's the message that when we, when we, like now that we're both parents and, and we're, we've got kids, uh, there's not the constant pressure of like putting on your kids, like, come on, we've got to achieve. We got to do, you know what you got to do today? You got to be faithful to who you're supposed yeah. to be. Straight like you got to be faithful today. And guess what? Today, something's going to happen that you weren't anticipating. And in that moment, you got to be faithful to operate the way that God's called you to. And then tomorrow when something else happens, and then over the course of 10, 20 years, what that does is that builds into you the character necessary to start taking those big stair steps into who you are later. Yeah, bro. David Ooh. didn't knock out Goliath to be David. The giant clear killer. He's like, nah, I didn't even talk a whole lot of noise. He got to die today. <laughs> that's all that was. But anyway. And then yeah, it was so that, to that, the next. That's how it was all to the next guy, whoever he may be. Yeah. That's all you next. Anyway, but um, yeah, so I, I I would say so when I came to know Jesus, bro, um, I saw that sports was in my way. Sports is the thing that occupied all of my time. It helped mm-hmm. form my worldview again. Anyway, I ain't gonna go deep into that, but it helped form my worldview. And so I had to die to it. I saw that it was an idol. And I read in, in Genesis and Exodus of like, man, like things are keep what keeps God's people from God, the creator. Like God says, like, nah, bro, we got to do away with that. And so I was like, shoot, bro. Wednesday night service after football practice, because my homeboy said, look, man, I give you a ride to the house. He stayed a couple houses down from me. He said, Pop said, we got to go through the uh, stop by the church first. And then that's the only way you get back. So I said, bet. I'm cool with that church anyway. They let us kick it. So get up there, bro. I, I crying tears, get saved. I'm like, God, it shouldn't take all this. And all of a sudden I look up, dude, got his hand on my shoulder like, son, you did it. I was like, did what? Did he hear what I was saying with God? Because I didn't think I said it loud. But anyway, in short, man, I I was like, God, I know what I got to do. I got to be all in for you. And so I'm willing to, because, you know, one of my verses was at that time was you can gain the whole world and lose your soul. And everybody in the hood was like, no, gain the world, gain the world, gain the world, because the white man is holding us down. Like, gain the world, because look where you come from. You you got it out the mud, but gain the world, gain the world. I was like, well, but if I lose my soul, though, like, what I'm going to do? Ain't nobody got answers for that. So I'm just like, bro, I don't want to gain the world no more for whatever it looks like, for my people, for, like, my family. I know. Y'all get it how you get it. I want yeah. Jesus. And so I was determined. So, anyway, I quit, I quit the football team. I was going to be the uh, quarterback that year. And um, I quit everything. And cats heard about it around school. I was very popular, well-known. All my siblings well-known. Anyway, in this video right here, that's people, they just telling me about how it was for me in high school. I will drop a link and all that so y'all can check it out. Oh, yeah, for sure. My family. family. And so it is like, what? And Jerry quit. And uh, high hands quit. Teachers even call me high hands. (laughs) So anyway, um, uh, one of the teachers came to me and she said, hey, I heard you quit and uh, you became a believer. And so the thing is, in Atlanta, it's a lot of mu- it's a strong Muslim community, um, black Hebrew Israelites, uh, just folks on some other stuff, five percenters. And it's just folks who just like, oh, you're in that Jesus, though, you saw. And so you had to be real militant, at least from my perspective. So somebody yeah. like, you're on Jesus? Yeah, I'm on Jesus. Say something. Why catch these hands? <laughs> I was coming at folks the whole time and even even teachers and adults. And so the coach, she asked me, women's basketball coach, she's like, you about Jesus? I'm like, yeah. She's like, you trying to go to a Bible study at Georgia Tech? I was like, yeah, where's that? I'm there. 
And I was like, um, okay, cool, let's do it. She was like, it was FCA, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Uh, and so right there, man, I'm meeting some athletes who are like grizzly with their grind. Like I'm talking swimmers, track, track stars. Um, yeah. you know, this is a uh, SEC sports. You know what I'm saying? It could be ACC. I don't know college sports stuff like that. But ACC. You know, thank you. Appreciate that. Good looking. <laughs> and um, they are phenomenal, high level athletes. Yeah. Pressing in to know Jesus, and I've yes. been. You know, I was kicking it with them for three months, so I knew if they was fake, phony, and flawed. Uh, Chad Johnson, what's his name? Megatron. He was up in there, and uh, got a chance to know him. And um and, and homie that uh, won a Super Bowl as well, Brian Reese with the Saints. Yeah. Um, we kicked it, bro. And so they're the ones that actually got me back on the field. But in short, um, so I took I kept the hot hands thing with me because I was like, man, it was my dad that was trying to share the gospel with me. And so I, I came to know Jesus in like August, wow. right before football season. My dad, who was in prison, been in prison since I was in fourth grade. I'm in eleventh grade now. I came to know Jesus in August. My dad passed in November. But when I got a chance to meet him, I, I may not meet him. I know, I went to go chance to visit him in prison, and I told him, I said, "Dad, because he been writing me like, bro, am I right? My, the Holy Spirit was working to my dad in prison. I got letters to show y'all, but he would write us like, bro, I know you watching porn. I need you to take care of your sister because I know she be at these parties. I'd be like, bro, how's he knowing all this stuff? Now, granted, my mom could have told him, somebody could have told him, but <laughs> still, like, whatever. He, he was like." And scriptures to bag it up, too. So my dad had been eagerly anticipating for me to come to know Jesus. And so the other reason I keep the Z is because even when he was in his sin, wilding out, acting a fool above the law, even when I was in my sin, like God still pursued my dad, God still pursued me. Wow. That's for, for Z. That's what my daddy Zukov. He said, even if I did this wrong, you can learn how to do this right. So whoever said you couldn't learn from a criminal was wrong. And so anyway. Man, <clears throat> that's, that's why incredible. it's high. That's so my spiritual journey. Yeah, bro. And my dad gave me the biggest hug when we was in the uh, visitation room and in the jail. And he was like, ah. everybody started looking around. The guards was like, <laughs> he's like, my son got saved. My son got saved. And he said, we're in the wow. same family now. And because wow. my my whole family is so like popular, bro, people all over the jail knew who my dad was. Then when my dad, when my brother got locked up, they was like, so just uh, camp four. It's said camp for, hey man, you Zukov's son? And so everybody still know my dad, bro. Even in jail. Anyway, I'm done. Wow, wow, wow. So that that was that was when I got saved, man. And I was like, I'm on this high. I gotta go somewhere. Somebody can like help me now understand this scripture. Cause I now have a passion to get in this word, but I need somebody yeah. who can like help me dig through it some more. And so that's why I chose Liberty University. You know what I'm saying? And and yeah, that's another chapter. Go ahead. Okay, so you go to Liberty, and I had to imagine that you you probably didn't have a whole lot of other African American classmates or or uh, people that were in there with you. I would imagine, right? <laughs> yeah. So there's a dude named Humble Tip. <clears throat> a lot of people may know. Yeah. Um, he's uh, he right now a, a still touring um, artist, making big noise. He's doing this thing in the school systems um, now with the beautiful Tomorrow Assembly. We'll drop the link in that too because that's definitely worth catching okay. up on, especially y'all that yeah. educate. Uh, I've been trying to get him in the Memphis area for, for the longest. Um, DJ P Dog, he was a uh, DJ <clears throat> uh, with Reach Records. Um, really. He died, Cray. Uh, I don't know if he did trip dates, but anyway. So um, yeah, he's he's well connected as well. And D, uh, JB's exclusive. He's a radio uh, personality. And he's graphic design. He's he's well connected. So now, nah, so there were a few cats. And here, the crazy thing is, so and I'm gonna be doing this story because I know I gotta, I gotta be short. 
So I did my mixtape, and, and my first mixtape was called Rebuy, Restock, Reload. Only if you're from ATA, a class of 05, 06, or 07, 04, too. So. And um, they know about this first mixtape. I did this mixtape, and I went to go visit Liberty University on a, on a college visit during my spring break, from which I got suspended for five games when I got back. I'm not visiting the college anyway. And so um, went to go visit Liberty. I'm passing out my mixtape because I'm like, I'm on these little chat rooms like, oh, don't go to a Christian school. It's all heathens up there. Ain't nobody saved. I'm like, bet they finna get saved. I got a backpack full of CDs, bro. I brought like 200 CDs up there. <clears throat> so I'm passing my CD. I, I get up to Liberty University in the fall. And so they uh, make an announcement at our chapel service. Hey, man, anybody want to get down with some Christian hip hop, man? Just come on up here, blah, blah, blah. And so I went up there and it was like, oh, what's up? What's your name? Hot hands? Okay, cool. DJ P Dog says the humble to Hey, humble. This is uh hot hands. He said, hot hands. Oh boy, with a mixtape? He said, you hot hands? I was like, yeah. So I didn't even go to the school. I was, I was, I was in high school when they got my mixtape. You know what I'm saying? That's so awesome. And so we just started rocking and connecting in, man. But now nah, it was some black people there. It's like eight percent black. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Okay, okay, okay. But it was just some, but I ain't messed with all the black people I ain't on that. But anyway, I was on I was with people who trying to know Jesus. And everybody out there went trying to know Jesus. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. So, nah, I, I rocked up. Them, them, them was my peoples, man. Shout out to Alvo. Shout out to Prawn. Shout out to Grandma C. Young Tower. What's happening? <laughs> They're not going to watch this. <laughs> Maybe you can shoot them the link afterward. Um, so, while you're, at, while you're at Liberty, then you get done with Liberty. And, and what do you do after school? Like, you're you're looking to get involved in ministry full-time and, and do that whole deal. So, was that – now, did you get involved with – Kennecut with KA during college? Chapel service. They say, hey, you want to get involved with the inner city ministry? I was like, I have no idea what that means. Check out this video. It's a video of a bunch of hood kids, black kids at this crazy camp getting wild. I was like, oh, you mean hood ministry? Oh, man, I come from that. <laughs> like, here's the thing. I didn't know none of these, like, churchy terms, ministry terms. Right. I didn't know none for profit was. I ain't know, like, parachurch ministry. I ain't know none of that. I knew Getting his word, spitting your verse at a party, at a bar, in the middle of Marta, in the middle of little five points downtown, yeah. cursing yeah. around people, strip club. That's all I knew. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So they was like, oh, check this out. And so that became a template of like what ministry looks like, a seasonal thing at Kids Across American Kennecut Camps. And so I learned a great deal of things, met so many dope leaders up there, man. I said, bro, I want to do this for the rest of my life. And mind you, that whole point from being in sixth grade, wanting to be an astronaut, and just giving that over to God saying, you know what, I'm going to let you show me what you want me to do. And so literally it's right there in college. Although I went up there for physical therapy and massage therapy. Um, and that's because I did a 10th grade project saying, what do you want to do with your career? And it can't be an athlete. And I was like, dang. <laughs> so, uh, but I, I left, I left pursuing um, to be, uh, to do sport ministry. Yeah. And so, um, mind you, that's not be a rapper. I was like, yeah, I can rap. Y'all out here selling records. Y'all out here touring. I mean, I'm trying to be a rapper. That's another thing, man. Anyway, a lot of cats out here putting their music up and trying to do this job full time. All right, well, you better eat first, man. I'll pay your debt off first. You feel me? That's what we all about here in the white man's day rent. <laughs> <laughs> so, the thing I learned, man, is that, look, you can't have dreams, bro, but you can't, you can't fly if you tethered. You know what I'm saying? If you weigh down. And, yeah. and you can't fly, you can't do that. And so debt is definitely weighing you down. So that's what actually changed a lot of my uh, dreams, man. I mean, sort of, kind of. Anyway, after Kids Across America, I worked there for six summers. And then I went moved to St. Louis, um, working with Urban K-Life, which is a year-round discipleship program. Um, but right before I even did that and 
year of 2012, I was part of an independent record label called so, um, Soul Freedom Music. And I was an A&R and a label administrator as well on that. And I just did that for a year. It tanked fast. Didn't have no money. But, <laughs> um, and so um, there was, so there's many hats, again, like you said, I, I could wear. So yeah. I wasn't just a rapper. And a lot of people saw me with Humble Tip thinking like, oh, you're just a hype man. I was like, bro, it's no disrespect to that name, to that title. Sure. Like, sure. In Atlanta? I'm running stuff. Like I'm in these streets. Don't I ain't gotta hit no stage, bro. So a yeah. lot of people like if you're on the stage and if you got your poster up and if you got streams, I'm like, look, man, that's cool. But you come down here to East Atlanta, bro. Don't nobody care nothing about that. The fact that you say you do Christian rap ain't nobody listening. Period. Then you try to figure out which title you want to go by. So that way, I ain't on feeding none of that either. I know I'm bouncing on other subjects. Not apologize. No, no. But I, then I love that too because. That's also something that that falls back into just who you are, right? Because there are people, obviously, because this does happen, um, that God made to be able to be a full time touring professional artist, care for a fa- like look at propaganda, look at Lecrae, like guys that are believers yeah, yeah. who are sold out, who are doing it full time, and that just doesn't mean that that's how everyone has to do it, right? Yeah. So I love you being free, feeling completely free to not be chained down by any one idea with that. Uh, how'd you get to Memphis? Yeah, so Memphis, man, it came from, I got married in 2014 from my amazing wife. That's her right there, the chocolate one, this picture right here, y'all in the background. And uh, my three-piece dark wife, she worked at Kids Across America as well. Um, she worked like, she worked eight summers, I worked seven summers. So between us, that's 15 summers. And so, um, if that's my man. Anyway, and so um, I was just like, bro, I'm getting tired of like running through these females, bro. And I felt so bad for some of the like dope relationships I had with some of my female friends. Um, and yeah, it just, I, I, I was burning with passion. <laughs> and I said, Jesus, I need to get married. <laughs> but I need to enter into this covenant with somebody who pursues, like Jesus who loves you, um, is desperately in love with you and pursuing the things that you got them on. And so, and that was her, like the way she used to coach our basketball classes. So she's a basketball coach right there. And, um, bro, she's the most encouraging. And and whenever she encouraged me, I felt like I just lit up. Like I was not physically attracted to her. I was not. Um, didn't actually, we were just, anyway, we was beefing bad. But uh, um, it was a trip down to Memphis. Check that out. So we actually took a, a leadership trip just after, after camp to Memphis. I was like, hey, she kind of hype. I'm like, hold on, man. Let me shoot my shot. Ask our friend, like, hey, what's up? You know, she seeing anybody? You know what I'm saying? Like, throw me the oop. Not really, but for real. And right. so, <laughs> um, so yeah, man, I, I shot my shot, man. And she wasn't even with it. I was like, it's going to be cool, man. Let's let's do it. And so um, pursued her. Uh, we got, uh, became a couple in January. Proposed to her in July. And got married in November. Bro, I ain't let's playing no game. I ain't playing no game. Like, to it, you heard me. That's right. Get a plan. Uh, yeah, but here's the same, here's the other thing too, though. And I know I here's the thing: if I had enough self control to remain single, oh, I would have done it. Bro, I'd be out here making a grip right now, bro. I'm talking guapa trying. You hear me? That skrilla, skrilla. <laughs> and so I would have been, yeah. I, I wouldn't be struggling with these issues that I'm struggling with. <laughs> I'd be I'd be on snowball number seven right now, bro. <laughs> I mean, on baby step number seven right now. <laughs> So anyway, um, I got married, man, and, and I asked her if she would like, man, join me in this journey of pursuing Jesus for the rest of our earthly lives. And she was like, I'm yeah. with you. And so, yeah, awesome. we got a baby as well, you know what I'm saying? Cute baby niece. And um, so, yeah, that's, that's, that's it. And so, oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's how I got to Memphis. 
Yeah, so she, yeah. She went feeling St. Louis. And I was like, oh, no. Well, we got to be – we are on mission. We got to grind. So we got to go yeah. somewhere where you feel planted, where you feel empowered and encouraged and strengthened and challenged. We, we have to go there. And so Memphis is a place um, a lot of people from kids across America would come to um, because they're still, they still want to be missional. Um, but he's like, hey, college is done, though. I need to get in my career. And, and so a lot of people were always uh, a partnership with MAM, uh, Memphis Athletic Ministry, um, Streets, yeah. as well as um, City Leadership, um, the BDC, uh, Icon Ministries. Uh, Sue Campbell is a huge advocate. First of all, he is like granddaddy OG, OG quadruple yeah. OG. <laughs> because here's the thing, though, not because he disciple Lecrae, he idiots. No, and so right, 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 right. they think like that's his claim to fame, but like what they don't know <laughs> is like Soup has been pioneering, literally trailblazing. And he was one of the first leaders that brought students up to kids across America. So when I shout out dudes like Soup, Campbell, Brian, Dye, I'm shouting out people who've been in these streets, building relationships with the most yeah. ignorant folk that you would rather not deal with or talk to at Walmart or the gas station. I'm like, man, I, I want to hear what's up with them people. And so if say come down to Memphis, I'm going to drink the Kool-Aid and I'm going to come to Memphis. So I drank the Kool-Aid. <laughs> we got down here in 2016. Memphis kicked our butts, bro. But, you know, we account for it, but we got these things. And so God set us up, man. And so we've been here. Uh, first church was Fellowship Memphis. Hopped around, tried to figure out, ah, should we go somewhere else? Was like, no, Fellowship Memphis. Because that band be jamming, boy. Oh, we just so like, good. <laughs> and we knew a lot of dope people. And I met Jason Cook, and that was the homie. So me and him, we got a mutual friend in uh, Jonathan Rainey. Uh, so uh-huh. that's who discipled me when I was in high school with FCA. Uh, okay, and okay. discipled Jason Cook when he was a college student. At, that that, awesome. that God-forsaken school, we, we would not mention. <laughs> okay. I, I have to ask you to tell this story from when you first got to Memphis. So set up for the people. You were living where? In my home warehouse. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> and you were getting to work. How? Oh, I told you that. That's what's up. And how, and how far away was this? And how long was it taking and all that? Please, please tell this story. Yeah, bro. You millennials, you. I'm not a millennial. <laughs> I was born in 86, but I'm not a millennial. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, bro. So I was living in my partner house first. We lived in there for a month, and then we had to get up out of there. Uh, not because it was bad, just because wife wanted to spread her wings anyway. Uh, and so we yeah, lived out sure. in Bartlett. Right? We lived out in Bartlett. I was working at MAM. The homeboy, Randy Odom, came through and said, hey, in order for us to get – anyway, I was working at MAM, Dagum, Castellia, South Memphis. That's East Parkway. <laughs> I literally – rode the green line but actually that's before i even knew the green line i was literally on the street on like summer i took summer all the way down <laughs> all the way down okay. to set this up this is you're talking about uh castellia baptist church right that's where the gym is no nah, cast magnolia magnolia uh community oh, oh, oh. By, okay. right across the street from magnolia elementary train tracks kellogg's uh uh plant um barnhart right on airways it's on Airways. Come on, bro. Anyway, cats know what I'm talking about. So it's East Parkway, uh, Airways, Dunn Road, like in that little area. So South where'd that go? Young Dolph from? Young Dolph neighborhood, all right? All right. Here's the reason I'm asking you to set this up. I'm going to share my screen while you're talking because I want people to get a picture of this as you're telling the story, okay? <laughs> I'm going to so make it I, quick. <laughs> tell, tell this story right now. 
Okay, cool. Here we go. We on maps. Let's go. I knew we was going here, baby. Let's do this. I'm in Bartlett, bro. Uh, hit me on. Um, um, I'm on uh, Sycamore View, bro. I'm on Sycamore View, but that's good too, though. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. This is. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. So anyway, I drove all the way from. I mean, I, I rode my bike. I rode my bike all the way there. I uh, know. First thing I did is I rode my scooter, my razor scooter. Cats like used Not, to make no, no, yeah, bro. no, no. I ain't tell you about that. Heck yeah. No. Bro, my Razor scooter is so faithful. Bro, when I used to tour across the U.S., bro, I used to jump on Megabus to uh, uh, Greyhound, bro, on my scooter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Across Nashville, across D.C., Jersey, oh Richmond. Gosh. I ain't had no car. Anyway, so um, so my scooter is faithful. And I, and I, I put it in. I'm an athlete. I ain't care to sweat a little bit. I got to change the clothes. So right. I rode my Razor scooter. From Bartlett, Sycamore View Road, all the way to um, Magnolia Elementary, where he got it posted right there. And the, the oh my! Gym is down there. And so, what it might tell you, they got the mileage. I think it's twelve miles. Yeah, yeah. this says this says you know that's thirteen, thirteen, fourteen, somewhere yeah. in there. Yeah. I ain't go that way. I, that's James Road. Anyway, so I, yeah, I was there, bro. And then I was like, bro, this this razor scooter, I ain't gonna last a little tough. So I started riding my bike. <laughs> and I rode my bike there, man. And uh, yeah, so I was going to volunteer there, bro. Like I told you, bro, God got something for the people who want it. It said God will yeah. reward those who diligently seek him and, and yeah. seek after him. That's right. And that's Matthew 6, 33, that part where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of righteousness and everything else will be added to you. But first you got to seek his righteousness. What is his righteousness like? For all y'all suckers out here, bro, Jesus walked. Figure that out. You know what I'm saying? He walked everywhere. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, he walked everywhere from Capernaum to the Dagum, you know what I'm saying? Bethsaida money. Like Jesus walked everywhere. And it took him time. You feel me? And it's okay if things take time. You hear me? Because you will be on the first baby step, but it will take time. You hear me? <laughs> so anyway, man, I, that's just been oh, that grind that's been in my heart. And I wanted to um serve ma'am, serve at ma'am. Cause I saw them as like when it comes to the NBA, they was like top ten team. I was like, yeah, I got ground with Ma'am. So that's why I did that. But then I got connected with FCA um, shortly after that. But with Ma'am, two weeks into it, Ray, uh, Randy always was looking out for me. Randy, the big homie, man, for real. OG, he yeah. OG, triple OG, uh, suit. He quiet, quiet OG. Suit, Randy. Randy. Yeah. yeah. And so um, Randy was like, hey, bro, jump on this thing with Chick-fil-A, bro. I was like, Chick-fil-A? No, nah, he said it's an all-day thing. And Randy be hustling, bro. Randy is very much like uh, a freaking suit, bro. Them cats be hustling, bro. Right. So I'm, right, right. I'm like, Randy, man, what you got going on now, bro? I don't know what I'm signing up for. He said, do this all-day event, man. Just do you. Whatever you do at camp, like, would you do at programs? Would you do at a hype session? Just do that here. I said, now, are you sure they ready for that? I was like, I don't know these white folks, bro. Like, I don't know what they got going on. Can I do right. me? He said, bro, do you? Right. That's the first time me and JD connected. And this old white lady security guard, she was going to get it that day. But I love her. <laughs> I ain't back down for now. I don't care how old you is. You can get it. And so now I was talking about it on the mic. She didn't know it. But, you know, cats knew what it was. Yes, it was, it was a fundraiser for ma'am, which is why Randy had us out there. So uh, I thought, like, this sucks. I, I, this is going to this is gonna ruin the day. Like, I'm just there to do my thing and to be able to to make some money to provide a cool environment for this for this thing for ma'am. And now he's gonna have some guy on the microphone like yelling at everybody all day. And then Jerry got there and like I, I mean we weren't even done sound checking and it was like oh this is good something special is gonna happen today. <laughs> and we've been in seeing 
we, we've been in uh, a team tag team in that uh, event now. I mean, this, this one that was going to be happening next week yeah. would have been our like 10th event together with them. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. We've been making something special happen since then, bro. Oh, it's been good. Hey, okay. So speaking, speaking of that, obviously you're a, a multi-talented guy. We've been talking about that. We haven't, you've, you've touched on your music off and on uh, yeah. throughout the time that we've been, uh, we've been talking today. Um, one of the things that we've done with other artists who have uh, either either music to share or play, or whatever, is we try to give you a little bit of, of uh, ability to flex your, your freestyling muscles. And so oh. um, I sent you a track earlier that's uh, five different beats and um, it, it's just kind of mixed together like five fingers of death style. And uh, we, we just want to hear you freestyle. And so if you will uh, cut that original sound on and uh, and let's let's hear you get after it. OK, continue my story as I'm doing it at the same, same time. That's great. That's great. Oh. Um, Cause normally whenever I freestyle, I rap about random. You feel me? <laughs> random. Yo, I be random like Stevie Wonder, wander out into the street. Be like, you wonder who's with him? Why is no one guiding him? That dude is finna die. Well, I can be the diet man, huh? I got a diaphragm and I will speak the words of God. I'm so unique and quite physique. It's so brolicky and brolly. High hands is scholarly. Anyway, man, I had to get with his buddy. Holly, folks, I got a glass of Joe, but I got 2020 vision with Corona, though. Ooh, coronavirus getting everybody sick. But let me back the time, how you tie, I can't legit, huh? It's no Will Smith thing. If anything, it's the East Atlanta scene. Jesus resurrected me up out of that claim. I came through out, but you like Atlanta parade, you hear Eastside, MLK. So what am I doing right here today, man? I'm with the team Dave Ramsey. <laughs> Memphis, Memphis, yo, Gotti. Memphis, man. Memphis, man. Memphis, man. You know how I do my thing. And look 
again like an orangutan. Speaking of which, I don't believe in evolution. I do believe in pollution. I believe in people taking their Cheeto snacks and then running. So I'm like, look, bro, I got that word. I don't flip verbs, I say run it. Uh, hot hands in this thing, shout it. I ain't never gonna plumb it. Shout out, I'm a volunteer. Shout out to Pat Summit. Anyway, hot hands on the thing, I'm a gun. Turn it up to me right now. Sign, be shunning. Me, it be sunning. I shouldn't be shunning nobody who don't believe in Jesus. I should be loving them dudes. Cause we are creatures. All made in his image, created like beings. But Jesus, he's something else. We sightseeing, like seeing. I seen him on the cross and I was like, yo, he cross. So hot hands in this thing, shout out, got wings like we cross. Ooh, hey! I'm in the air, I don't care who's there. Tell them right now, they can see my damn ears. <laughs> uh, i in first, cause I'm in the front row. <laughs> if you don't like that back door, then get with some endo. No. <laughs> Come on, come on, let's go. Oh, I love it, man. Thanks so much for that. You mentioned getting to Instagram the other day. You you got a new gig recently where, uh, you know, we're, we're shut out tears. We're losing you from the Fellowship Memphis family uh, for the time being. Uh, Not from the Faith family, just from the, just from the Fellowship family. But tell yeah. us about your new gig. Tell us where we can find you online. Tell us how we can uh, listen to your music, all that. They trying to listen to my music? Oh, shit. Come on. Look, man, the reason I'm at Hope Church is because I got kicked out from angry emails. People saying I was dancing and, and, and Sunday service. <laughs> Would you stop? Do, <laughs> do not start any false rumors over here. I am working at uh, Hope Church with their fourth and fifth grade students. And I believe the whole irony of that, remember, it was in fourth grade when my dad passed. And like the whole matter of faith became real to me. So I, I really think that's so cool how God has me in that space, in that place. Yeah, man, that's when I started taking my faith seriously. And so that's where I'm at um, and with an amazing team. Uh, and so, yeah, Hope Church, um, catch me out there on Sundays. You got a fourth and fifth grade to come through. Um, actually, y'all probably young adults. Uh, ask, pray for me. How about that? Just pray, pray for me because you're going to be at Fellowship Memphis. But other thing I will say, um, I still got a heart and passion. You know what I'm saying? We're doing this financial thing. <laughs> 100K in debt. But anyway, <laughs> so now that's what you're getting at. out, though. You're getting out. Oh, of course not. Nah. Debt has an end date. If y'all don't know that, you need to know that. Uh, yeah. But yeah, nah, I'm, so I'm still doing other stuff, man, like being at Hope, that is my nine to five job. Um, but I'm still yeah. looking for ministry opportunities to connect with people. So yeah, I'll still be out doing music. Um, I'll still be out doing, um, again, financial peace, financial literacy. Um, shout out to the homies at Bartlett um, High School that's doing FCA. My homeboy, um, Coach Nebo, he was on TV. Channel 5, I had him looking like a Gito. Anyway, and so I'm still doing stuff with him, connecting with him. Shout out to the homies at FCA. I'm still doing events with them up there in Fed Tipton County. Uh, shout out to my homeboy, Brian O'Brien, Mr. Mr. Get You Songs on. And uh, Rev Kev over there at FCA, still connecting with them. Um, the homie Terrence June Gray, who's about to start and plant a church up here in yeah. Bartlett. Um, still got love with him, uh, uh, helping him out. So to your point, yeah, bro, I'm, I'm literally um, everywhere except for now. Right now, I'm in the house. Like, That's I'm right. Where well, you should be. That's right. <laughs> I'm also, you catch me on Food 901, and I'd be feeling oh, so yeah. bad. I'm going to just say this right now. Yeah, I'll be on Food 901. Y'all look that up on Instagram. Shout out to Dame McGarry. Shout out to, you know what I'm saying, Brother Brian. Shout out to Angelica. You know what I'm saying? Mira. Um, um, back to the question or back to the topic at hand. So, um, yeah, man, you can catch me around the city. Um, I'm still doing music. I'm actually um, going to be putting out some music. I'm, I'm going to jump back on the music scene as a for real artist um, this 2020. So um, I got okay. some stuff lined up. I'm working with some cats. Um, 
Shout out to Let's Bartholomew go. Jones. I'm not doing a track with him, but I'm doing oh. it with his producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah um, that's great. Nah. So, I'm, you know, I, I am, I'm doing some work, man. Um, and so it has been because of this financial journey I've been on, which is another reason why I haven't been doing music. So um, for those of us working in our lower income settings, uh, like me, I was a low income worker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But yeah. um, I wanted to responsibly handle my funds, which is why I haven't been rapping. And when I put out my first two mixtapes, um, it was all free. And where Wherever I record, it's been free. Like, yeah. cast that y'all yeah. see now on IG, uh, wherever they at, um, if they're not doing it for free, you should tip their head off. They, they they paying people. Like, they work in a day job, and they're putting their money away, and they're putting it to right. songs. So when y'all da- when y'all go support them, man, buy their junk, man. Do I buy yeah. it? No, I stream stuff on Spotify. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell it all, man. I'm going to tell it all, man. But people who have money is what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. no, of course, of course. Yeah, I got definitely no support your artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thanks so much, man. Enjoyed it. We'll talk to you soon. You sign off anything. Peace. Mm-hmm. A common one different.